true. Hey, we're keeping we're three times in a row. Yeah. This is our third. So yeah, yeah. yeah we're actually yeah we're back. And two, we, well, we're doing it after D and D, and D and D's been D and D's been consistent. Although we don't have D and D two weeks, but maybe Nathan will still be able to come up. Maybe. And we'll do more of this shenanigans. Is it up or down? It's more of like a left and a right. I think I think it's more. Right. It's like it's a little bit down, a little bit a little bit right. No, down a little bit left. Well, one of the ways. In the direction that he is going. Well, yeah, but I mean, he has to come right. On a map, it would be down and right. Yeah. 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 But down I mean, and right? Yeah. Down yeah. and right. On a map, but yeah. in the direction that you're driving, down and right. it would be down and left. Well, the direction I'm driving, I'm not going down at all, I don't think. <laughs> you can go down. You've seen that movie. Yeah. I've seen the, a lot of movies where the, people the, go down, but I don't know if that's what we're talking Oh, the core. Sure. <laughs> Everyone, every, Jane can Nate, go everyone was thinking about the core, obviously. <laughs> I, and I don't know. I don't know how. Uh, well, are you not thinking about the core? Yeah, like, seriously, you have to. Wait. You might have to restart the Earth's core at any given time. I'm not sure if it was Tom Jane. I think it's Tom Jane. It was. <laughs> I don't want to go down on Tom Jane. It was the other one. It was, it was his brother, Aaron Eckhart. Oh yeah, <laughs> was it? <laughs> it was not Tom. Thomas Jane was, was not in the core. Anyway, I'm not. Gonna, I, I could. I could tell you too much of the cast of the core, but I'm not going to do that to myself. There's no benefit. There's no benefit to me to go into details of that movie uh, and my depth knowledge of it for reasons that are not relevant. We're here. We're podcasting. Woohoo! Right, it is guys. Aaron Eckhart. I told you it was Aaron Eckhart. I, I, yeah, yeah. And, and of I Frankenstein Spike. fame. Yeah. Yeah. Tom Jane was an I Frankenstein. Yeah. No, that was Aaron Eckhart. <laughs> are you mixing up Tom Jane and Bill Nahey? Yeah, but yeah, it's Bill Nye, the science guy. Yeah, <laughs> what's our agenda and our, what's our topics for the day? What's our what's our first? What's our thing? What are we doing? What's happening? You think we have topics? Well, yeah, what's our agenda? What, what what's what we doing? What 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 we uh what we doing? What well, are we doing. I mean, what's happening? Well, I mean, you you've been doing like some some Star Wars Shatterpoint. I have been playing a lot of Shatterpoint this month. That is true. But I'm the I'm literally the only one at the table who's been playing. You've been assembling and painting my Shatterpoint, which has been pretty exciting. Uh, I have not played it. No, but I I, I have and a lot of locals have played it. I've played against a lot of our old War Machine people. Uh, people, I have, some people I've, I haven't talked to as much recently. Or others who I've known for a while. I mean, well, like like Dan, someone who I've seen off and on quite a bit. I haven't like, but Epic Nate, I haven't seen in quite a while. He's getting into it and. I don't know. It's it's been nice. I've a lot of games. It's, I mean, it's new, so it's one of those games where everyone's like, you know, hey, I want to check it out. But you know, quite a few people have went and bought it after 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 getting a demo, which is cool. I've gotten demos now into like ninety minutes for a full game, and I see people online saying, yeah, our first game took like three or four hours. I'm like, I mean, I guess if you're just really going crazy, I mean, I, and I've played like regular games because we've played before, and it's there. It's always ninety minutes or two hours, and that's usually with chitter chatter. So these like people who are taking three hours to play, I'm just like, what are you doing? I mean, you'd be surprised or not surprised. I mean, I don't remember who was on the podcast or not, but previously when we talked about the uh, Twilight Imperium 4th edition and people yeah. saying that that yeah. edition takes like 12 yeah. hours. Like, what the fuck's wrong with you? I mean, there's a lot of synergy in Star Wars Shatterpoint. So, I mean, I do think like a lot of things can happen out of activations, but... And I, mean, I have played, I've played like seven to nine games. So, and I've, I've used a lot of the same models. So like, I know all of my models. So I, I can, I guess the first time, if you're, I've, I guess if in your demo game, you're worried that every ability triggers at the proper time, but it's like a demo game, just play the game, get the idea, move on. Like, I don't know. 
kind of straightforward. It's kind of it's kind of basic, if you ask me. But it, I I really like it. I'm excited. There's a bunch of new releases coming out in July. The game plays well. The constant activations being potentially different every turn, having to constantly readjust your plans. It scratches all the right itches for, itches for my brain currently. Maybe I'll hate it in, in a year, but I'm very happy right now with it. Yeah, I, I'm. I for one am getting sick of seeing all the everyone posting about. Uh, we're going to see an MCP <coughs> Marvel Crisis Protocol two or edition two. Just, I mean, there's there's no t- good time frame for it right now yeah. either. I mean, they're they're in the process of. And they're not going to have a new this version game going, and, yeah. and then all the other. Uh, Star Wars docket things that they have under their umbrella. And it's, companies now, they do, like, even uh, Song of Ice and Fire, they have, like, yearly updates where it's the core game stays the same. They go, you know what? Here are changes to tw- 20 units or 20 things. Here are changes to this keyword or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to see that for MCP for a while. And all these games are going down that route. It's a nice, it's a clean way to do it. As long as your core game mechanics are good, you can get away with card upgates and yearly balances every year for a lot longer. You don't need to be like the old Warhammer and War Machine days where you had to get a new errata every like five years. I mean, you can go or new edition, new edition. You can, I mean, new editions will always happen and there'll be good reasons for it. But I think these games have longevity with yearly card packs. And uh, I think the core of all those games we're playing are pretty happy. So yeah, just little tweaks can really go the, go the distance. I mean, it's done wonders for like Song of Ice and Fire. And other in many games and MCP's already done that in the past with a card pack, so I expect more of that. It's nice. It's just a nice new world we live into where all your cards and all your stuff are just you can get online so easily. MCP still wants you to play with like the cards from them, but a lot of games you just like if I'm playing Saga Ice and Fire. If I just print off all my unit cards from the internet, that's fine. They don't have any problem with that. There's no need to bring like an official card stock of something or whatever add-on I have. It can all be from the internet. I mean, even 40K's new rules are all online for the first time. I mean, they, if, if they're adapting, you know, it's a thing. So that's cool. They're usually always the last to adapt, but but uh, yeah, it's... <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm intrigued by a couple of games. I mean, I talked about it before probably on the podcast. I'm intrigued by uh, the Warcry or uh, Kill Team, mainly because it's a very small foothold into that world where I would not, I could end up probably using a lot of the stuff I already own rather than yeah buying new stuff from them. Sure. But their fucking new models look amazing. Oh. Yeah. I mean, GW, uh, for some of their faults, they make good models. Yeah. Oh. Consistent that way. Speaking of product. Uh-huh. Yeah. Speaking of product, we all can look at Nathan. Yeah. I don't know what that means. Well, I mean, well, Andy knows Andy knows that I'm excited about something that happened this week because it's the most delicious Schadenfreude in Kickstarter board gaming, possibly each of those independent categories in a long time. It's it's an amazing, yeah. Well, we should tell the story. So set set the mood. Tell a tale. So take us on a journey. Peterson Games, a uh, company uh, run by I think now it's just down to Sandy Peterson and his son because every other employee is gone. Um, they did Cthulhu Wars and they did an expansion for Cthulhu Wars back in 2020. That uh, you know, as with many large minis kick, Kickstarter uh, board game campaigns from 2020, it funded for a bajillion dollars, and then shipping fees went up by infinite percent, and that was very bad. And 
those are talking about big Kickstarter games. I mean, the, it, the models in that game. Yeah, are fucking when, huge. when you get a copy of this, it's like having like an, mm-hmm. a, a king size mattress delivered to your house. These things are gigantic. Well, that's a gimmick. That's one of the gimmicks of Cthulhu Wars. Is the models are now was this Kickstarter? This was a twenty twenty. It wasn't like a twenty twenty one or twenty twenty two because that does change my opinion of what happened a little bit based on the year. The I'm 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 fact checking. Well, we could pretend not to fact check. We could be we could be like Republicans and just not even care about the details. Just, yeah, take, take, take but it. I am because. Uh, while you're double checking that, because a lot of Kickstarters that came out in 2020 came into problems and they had to adjust, but then Kickstarters since then have been claiming the same thing since then. So I don't know what the date of this Kickstarter. I don't was. know how on Kickstarter to see when a thing actually was. Is there a time? Sometimes they talk about like when mm. pledge managers end or when or when like there should be a created by. If you date go, if you go to the, uh, the campaign yeah, itself, you know what? The estimated delivery of these things was June of 2020. Okay. So, yeah, I am not surprised that this campaign got fucked over in the first place. Sure. That the shot in Freud is not that. That was an unfortunate thing that happened to a lot of, of people. So the first layer is just the fact that I think, like, Peterson Games has been doing very Rob Peter to pay Paul, where they, I think, now are up to six unfulfilled Kickstarters, because since then, they keep doing other Kickstarters, and even though they're not supposed to, according to Kickstarter rules, they're basically trying to use each Kickstarter to pay for the previous one, in a mechanic that's commonly referred to as a Ponzi scheme. Yep, correct. Yep. So, that's all well and good, and so they're, the situation they're in now, um, as of their update last week, was that they have 90 pallets of this product in a warehouse that's essentially being held hostage by the warehouse because the warehouse is like, you need to pay the missing shipping fees before we'll send these out. And apparently the products, they're already like have the shipping labels on them in the shrink rack pallets. So these aren't like just generic pallets full of product. Like pallet number 13 would have Andy's copy of the game on it because it already says Andy Welton right on there with his shipping info and everything. And like pallet 47 might have Brian's and pallet 2 might have mine. Like they're all in their individual pallet shrink wrapped and they apparently have a list of who's on each pallet that they have access to. So... What Sandy Peterson Games did was they said, okay, we're going to try to pay for the difference ourselves, like with the profit that we have from our web store, but that's going to take like two years before we can pay all the money to get these out the door. So what we can do in the meantime is... So following that logic, every couple months, a couple pallets will go up. Yeah, every couple months. So maybe you get your stuff in four each weeks. Pallet, maybe yeah. Uh, yeah. Each pallet is going to take $1,640 to pay for. And so they're like, yeah, like you said, every couple months, a pallet could get paid for and get thrown out the door. So what what Peterson Games is doing is that they emailed everybody their... Andy's making it dark here. Yeah, I'm trying to make it less... Make Ooh. it... Less glare on my terrible pasty face. Oh, Jesus. The light is right above me. Yeah, good luck with that. It still looks bad. I don't know. I mean, that's because we're in it. So anyway, so what they did is that it's $1,640 for each of these pallets to go out the door. So Peterson Game, they made the list of who's on each pallet, and then they they put on their web store 90 products. It might actually be 87, not exactly 90. But those products are... $10 $10 towards a specific pallet to get bumped to the front of the line because they're going to, you know, let's say they have 800 bucks that they can pay this month towards pallets. 
they couldn't pay for a $1,600 pallet, but if there was one that only had 300 bucks left and one that had 500 bucks left, they could pay for both of those with their 800 That's the logic that they have, right? So they're like, they're letting people pay $10 at a time towards getting a specific pallet out the door. God help you if you're the only person on your pallet that gives a shit about getting this soon and you throw your $10 and it's still $1,630 and it's the back of the line. Although you could pay personally out of pocket $1,640 to get your pallet to the front of the line if you wanted to. But that's the plan, which is batshit insane. But technically, mathematically, it's true that, you know, like it would work, but it's just crazy that that's the route that they're taking to get stuff out the door. Because that's essentially holding these pallets like ransom and paying $10 at a time bribes. Simultaneously, Peterson Games is not responding to any comments on their Kickstarter because they don't really have moderator control over there. So all customer service has to go through their Discord channel. Um, coincidentally, on their Discord channel, they have full monitor, moderator privileges so they can completely control the the narrative and the dialogue in that, scenario, in that, yeah. that, that space. But cool. So they start emailing out to backers what pallet you're on. And these are just onesie emails. They send a pallet to Andy saying you're on an email to Andy saying you're on pallet 37 and an email to Brian saying you're on pallet 52 and an email to Nate saying you're on pallet 4. They apparently, and no normal human runs into this, Gmail has a cap on how many emails you're allowed to send every day. I guess to stop like bots from just spamming, right? Yeah. Because it's a free email service. Yeah. So at first they were hitting the cap and they were doing updates on their Kickstarter. They're like, we hit our cap for the day. More emails to go out tomorrow. We hit our cap for the day. And of course, people are, are pissed because the people who aren't getting their email don't know what palette they're on. The people who are like, like, it's just this whole debacle where nothing's moving. So their bright idea was to put an Excel spreadsheet in their Discord that people could access to find out what palette they were on. And if you know as much about Excel as I do, you're apparently the person who did this for Sandy Peterson Games because you don't know shit about Excel, just like I don't know shit about Excel, which apparently includes hiding all of the personal information from your backers that are on hidden tabs that people can make unhidden, and you just dox the names, address, phone numbers, and emails of hundreds of your backers by putting this, this spreadsheet into your Discord. Yeah, How is that not locked down? Because well, you can lock just, down they, those documents. Or you make a copy of it, and you just delete the lines, and that way it's not even... You, delete, you just make a copy. Yeah, instead of using the master and hiding things, you just literally just say a line A, B, and C, and then everything else is just not on it, so then you can't undo it yeah, if it's well, not there. And I guess I don't know how the spreadsheet would work, because if the spreadsheet was for people to be able to see what palette they're on everybody does need to be on there but you as a user need to only be able to see your info yeah which doesn't seem like something excel is designed to do correct how do you tell excel only let the person whose name is on line 57 of this document see line 57 of this document they what they should have did is actually yeah. just put it into a database and then send everybody Everybody email, you know, saying, here's your user, set up a password. You can see what palette you're on that way. Yeah. But like, that would take time. I'm sure they just had a spreadsheet to go, let's hide some lines. Yeah, again, share. the yeah. company's down to two people. Like, and, and uh -huh. like, I think one of them's on vacation. <laughs> and Sandy is like 79 years old. Yeah. Probably 59, 69. I mean, he's old. He's old guy. Uh, yeah. Because that's, that's what he I also follows doing. Ben Shapiro and Dennis Prager on Twitter. So he's not smart, is what we're getting to here. 
But yeah, so Maybe that's the latest debacle. Is is like their Kickstarters aren't funding. They can't pay the shipping. They're they're ransoming off people's product in this weird pseudo collective bargaining communist like everybody pay together to get their pallet out the door thing. And then they're doxing people's information. It's just disastrous. Because you and I have both paid like 20 to 30 extra dollars to Kickstarter to get our stuff. But they were like, hey, everyone, if you all, if you want your stuff, pay $30 or you're fucked. Yeah. It was not, if there's no line, there's no, it was just like either you do it or you don't live your life the way you want to do it. Sorry, but it's, you know, the reality is we can't do it you need to pay and for what it's worth not that necessarily i mean maybe this changes but it's worth noting as part of the math the ten dollar chip in towards your pallet it's not like that's ten dollars per person it needed to average fifty five dollars per person on each pallet so each person on the pallet need to chip in five or six times for that pallet to fully fund it's not like there were 164 copies and each person had to chip in 10 so it wasn't even just like a per person chip in, it was just they happened to divide it by 10 because they thought that would be easier slash more appealing for people. Probably when you're thinking about it, yeah. paying $55, it'd be like, fuck, yeah. like, or paying 10 bucks, you're like, ah, whatever, it's 10 bucks, it's a, it's a meal at Subway. Yeah, but there's still $1,630 <laughs> to go on your pallet, <laughs> yeah. right? And so you need, you need, and if you're only going to chip in 10 to get your pallet out the door, you need somebody else on that pallet to chip in 100. Because between the two of you, it needs to be $110. And, and, and that's not counting. Like, again, it's 55 per person on pallet to get it out the door. And again, you could partially fund to get it to the front of the line, and Peterson Games was going to eventually pay out of their own pockets. But like Brian was saying, Darkest Dungeon, I had to pay shipping a second time. And I think I paid like an extra 50, 60 bucks for that second shipping. And they said, like, hey, hard truth, pay us 50 bucks and you'll get your product. If you don't, shrug. We don't know when we'll be able to pay the money to get these out of the warehouses. It could be next month. It could be next year. It could be literally never. Risk it if you want to. And that sucked ass, but at least it was in my control whether I wanted to pay the $50 or not, right? But they, Peterson Games is like, yeah, that's not happening. That and I so wonder weird. because of how they were locked in the warehouse. Yeah, that's hard to see. It's weird because, again, because they were... Because it was something from 2020, and they couldn't like because there are Kickstarters who have been since 2020 who have come into problems, and those are the ones I have no because I mean, yeah. if like I get it, 2020 caught everyone off guard. Your Kickstarter got fucked. I get it, but the people who are still somehow being fucked from current Blaming Kickstarters, it, so, yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of, we had a game store locally that was charging people to play in their space for the last couple of years, yeah. and then they I, they were having less and less people playing their store because who wanted to pay. And I know a lot, I've talked to a lot of locals who just stopped shopping there. It was like, well, why would I? Why would I go to that store when I can like literally go anywhere else who'll support me? They recently just said, hey, we're no longer charging. We had a charge because of COVID though. So COVID's, you know, we're so we're, we're you know we just charge to keep people. We, we if we charge people to play, we kept the numbers down and that kept people safe from COVID. That's why we did it. And I was like, mm-hmm. well, why do you guys have to blame COVID? Just say you know we 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 we're undoing a stupid idea. Come play, please give us money again. <laughs> yeah 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 it's basically they saw a decline and they're like oh shit you know now now they're before they had no reason to stop doing it because people were paying it yeah. now they definitely you know they want people to come in yeah. again yeah i'm i'm really worried about so the, the way that that scheme sounds for for cthulhu wars it sounds like it's almost like a ponzi scheme there and whoever is the last to donate any type of money to get their pallets out is going to be fucked 
I mean, like, yeah, or at least they're not going to get it for like two years. Yeah. Right? It's like assuming Peterson Games sticks to their promise of eventually getting them all out the door and that this is only affecting the order and assuming they stay in existence long enough to actually pay for all of this, like, like five other Kickstarters too. It's, it, it's, yeah, that doesn't bode any, any, uh, of course I haven't seen any updates for it either is the, the monster apocalypse Kickstarter from mythic games. And that, those were the same people that, uh, forced Nathan to pay $60 more for, to, to have that, uh, darkest dungeon be shipped. And like, I've got like five hundred some dollars worth of Monpoc for the Kickstarter, and I I don't know if I'll ever see it. Yeah, but if you do, it'd be like a nice thing. Maybe a couple of years from now. That is one thing with Kickstarters. It's like you might give up hope and you move on, and then years later something shows up in the door, and it's like holy fuck, that's a huge pile of shit. Yeah, I got a stuff, bunch of stuff from Shadows of Brimstone coming still. <laughs> that's gonna be in the next couple months. I actually but, broke down recently. I just said the Back to Firefly tenth anniversary. <laughs> nice it's a small well, have, having everything in one one box would yeah. be so much nicer than yeah. than the the piles of boxes and if i get rid of it i'm like you know what I, I was it was not that expensive i'm like whatever i i have a surplus of money right now uh temporarily so i didn't feel bad i all my shatterpoint for the next year will be bought off of store credit so i don't i mean i don't have my my expenditure right now i'm mostly, I'm mostly saving money so i decided that i would just throw a little bit to Firefly game because I do think it's a great game. Yeah, yeah. And, and unless the uh, the Reavers jump on you like turn two. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Or you just get fucked by the like the hands of blue guys are basically just an auto lose of a, a, a adventure and yeah, it happens. But if you have River Tam, then you're fine. Yeah. That's that's a trick. But yeah, in Didetsia. Yeah, that's Kickstarter fun. Kickstarter fun update. Yeah. Woo! You guys, yeah, yeah, I, the, yeah. Like, like you said, basically ripping off other people to pay off the people you already ripped off. It, it's just, it, it's. Well, I don't think they want to be in that situation either. It's yeah. just thing like, like costs got out of control, things skyrocketed, and it's the only way they know to move forward. And if they stop making stuff, well, then no one's going to buy them stuff. So they can't get the money to like they, they're they're kind of like in a bad situation because what it's supposed to do? Like, how do you? But Undo when you it. get to when you get to Kickstarter number three and you still haven't delivered Kickstarter number one, hey, that's on the people for backing them. I mean, if, they, if they've made it to five Kickstarters, that's human going. Hey, I'll back this company. They're five Kickstarters deep, but they haven't fulfilled it. But yeah, I think it's a good idea to give them money. <laughs> I mean, at some point, I'm, I mean, at some point, it's uh, you know, I'm going to blame. The, I don't like to blame consumers on a lot of things, but at some point. Uh, it's the consumer's did fault. You, did, when you originally got, because you got kick, uh, Cthulhu Wars on Kickstarter back when it I came got out, the second like wave. I, I got the second wave of it. I didn't get it the initial. Okay, but I mean, but there it was, was a decent, yeah. decent time period for that. Yeah, it was, yeah. it was fine. It so was, that's that's probably what it was. They're just basing your trust in that company. Well, I think the, I think not, the pandemic just tilted them. I mean, I think they were, I think they were doing fine up to the pandemic. Hmm. They had some other because they, they had another. I had actually backed one of their secondary games that I immediately got. I I, I was too deep in Kickstarter backing too many things, but I had backed a different one of their games, and then I got out of that and started slowing down on my Kickstarter. Like now, I've, I mean, if I kickst if I kickstart a board game a year, that's pretty much. Uh, I've been pretty much staying the same in there. Like I only do like Sentinels, 
Yeah, of the multiverse, and I still have Shadows of Brimstone. And I well, think they're actually going to put up another one yeah. soon. Too. Well, we're not. We're just not. We're not. Play, I mean, we we are so busy on so many hobbies. We're doing a lot of miniature gaming right now. That has killed my board gaming time, which is fine. I mean, I'm gaming with friends. I'm having fun. And I mean, you know, every other week D and D, we do have our every other two. We have a you know kind of biweekly dungeon, you know, or one thing for board games. But you know, it's just like, and we're playing. I don't know a lot of my. And if work is long, I'm tired. I just be lazy, play video games at night. So I just don't have time for a ton of board games. So I haven't been as encouraged to uh, buy as many, which is fine. It's good for my wallet. Yeah. Put money in my savings. I uh, got into some. I'm gonna sidetrack here. I got. I clicked on something, and now I have this guy telling me how to save money all the time, and it's like financial advice. And a lot of it's. I mean, a lot of it's not bad advice, but it's just kind of funny because he, he goes on how to how to build a home and how to get this much money and how to do this with your money. And it's like, how do you think people get that kind of? It's like the audience for this is just such a narrow thing. It's is like it Dave Ramsey? No, no, no. It's 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 uh it is uh an Asian gentleman. He's very well-spoken and he has some good videos. And a lot of it's like, you know, do's and don'ts. Like, you know, don't buy, don't waste your money in car. Don't do status. But it's like, yeah. But it's just funny how he talks about, yeah, do this with a market and do this. And it's just like, he just digs into capitalism nonsense and just mm-hmm. like, you know, it's just like, yeah. Just take your first $100,000 you make by 25 and do this. And, you know, it's just like, just the unrealistic. It's like, it's fun. Like the articles that people show of like, you know, how, how to pay off your like $100,000 in student loan in five years. And the people are like, here's how I did it is I, I took the initial loan from my millionaire parents. And then I took the property that I was gifted. And then I rented out that property. It's like, Jesus oh, fucking Christ. It's, well, it's like, it's usually, yeah, it's, it's basically that how to, how to, how to pay off your million dollar loan. It's all, it's, but it's always like, it's like, well, first thing I did is I stopped eating i stopped getting my starbucks every morning then after i stopped after i cut my money back from starbucks then i took the million dollar home i was given yes and then i rented it out and see if you just do what i do and you cut you only out have to do one of those two things yeah. yeah exactly but they just like leave out like the big detail about how they were just given infinite money and then it was easy to solve their money problems oh uh, in fairness brian not all of them are given infinite money some are just given an infinite salary at daddy's law firm yeah some people just have never, I mean, and I, I guess if you have just been, you know, I, and it is luck. If you are lucky enough to come from a family who has money and you just never have a money problem, you go, well, like, why don't people do I mean, I never had a financial problem. And maybe they're even hard workers. They might be decent yeah. people that work hard. They just don't understand that if you don't come from money, you don't have money. And, you know, there's not like a, there's not a well that, you know, they just have yeah. this always on well of money. Mm-hmm. And they may not even tap that well, but just the fact it's there, even tapping it a little is infinitely more than other people ever have an opportunity knowing, to do that. Knowing that you have a, a possible safety net will affect your actual d- decisions. Well, and not yeah. o- not only the safety net, but the thing about money is is that it is self-perpetuating. 100%, yeah. And so... The more money you have, the easier it is to keep slash grow that money. You know, it's expensive to be poor in the first place, right? You can't buy bulk. You can't, you know, my my mortgage is less than my rent was, right? But you need to have the down payment to get a home first. And, you know, the only reason I was able to do that was because my brother fucking died and I inherited enough money to do a down payment. Like, yeah. if it weren't for that, I would still be burning money. Not only is it rent like going nowhere you're not building equity but like it's more again i'm saving hundreds of dollars a month on morgan said but like and then buying a bonus stuff like that but even that aside shit like stocks and interest rates and everything that the more money you have the more that that just self yeah. 
builds. And so, yeah, they might work really hard and grow the money and do all this, but where you start from fucking matters. You know, you can be the hardest working farmer in the planet. You need to have seeds to plant in the first place, right? Yeah. We're not financial advisors. <laughs> but. But there, I mean, there's I always invest, some good I put advice. all your money into guillotines. If enough people follow that advice, it'll work out fine in the end. Yeah, yeah. I love. Yeah. Speaking of like guillotine, like France revolts because a cop killed one person. Yeah, one person gets hurt by a cop. The country revolts. Yeah, it'd be so nice if that would happen here. I mean, I, mean, I would be. It, yeah. I, I, I mean, would. yeah. We do it every once in a while. It's amazing how many times our country has gotten angry about cops murdering a, a, a teenage minority. Well, the problem is they got to start, you know, it's because, you know, they, they're not yeah, killing like yeah. the, yeah. Anyway, sorry. Ty sidetracked. Sidetracked. I'm done being sidetracked. We can sidetrack again. We can go back to Firefly and discuss the complicated relationship that, that you know, we have with, the, or at least I believe I have with the franchise, you know? I think Which is fun and entertaining, but Joss Whedon is a terrible sex pest. Sure. Alec Baldwin, or not Alec Baldwin, um, Adam, uh, Adam it, it, Baldwin is just a pile of garbage. And then just one day it occurred to me that this is set in the Old West and we're rooting for the brown coat wearing losers of the Civil War. And that's troublesome yeah but i don't i don't that's the part i don't agree i everything else here i agree i i think yes they are well, the old west but i really don't think they're trying to say it's the south versus the north i mean i get the brown coats but like the the yeah. you have the blue wearing capitalistic empire and the the down home brown coat wearing farmers yeah. that lot yeah you're right there's no <laughs> no it's different it's it's in space nathan oh okay never mind you're it's right sorry different yeah, I don't. I don't think about that in the story there, but I I do agree with with Brian and you that that Joss is a is a creepy creep and and uh, Baldwin is is I just it seems so weird that it just suddenly he just sided. He's that in way. three. He's in three things I like quite a bit. Yeah. What is he? What else is he in? He was in Chuck. I didn't watch Chuck. Chuck's good. He's also watched, in a ship watched, about uh, the. Uh, I think it's called it the, the last, last ship. ship. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I guess I, I watched Chuck a little bit here and there when I was forced. And yeah, he he guest appeared on uh, Castle once or twice, maybe just once, maybe twice. I forget exactly. He was in the last season of Angel. If you're, you know, if you're oh, yeah, a Buffy was. Angel yeah, person, yeah, yeah. Yep. well, most, again, that has most the of the fi- most of the now. Firefly cast show. I still like Angel and Buffy and all those things. I understand yeah. that. Actually, to me, it's not even the Joss Whedon stink on Buffy and Angel. It's the remasters being so fucking terrible. Yeah, they they what, they, what do they, they, do they the, remasters? the remasters of Buffy and, and they were so bad. Like literally, like they re the the color grading is just monstrous. You cannot ruin something worse. And like they recropped. Because of like widescreen versus whatever, mm-hmm. but like you can literally just see like the sound guy st- standing on the side of the set. Like you can see the end of the backdrops. Like they put zero effort into this remaster. It was just the quickest, dirtiest. Like, yep, just use that much extra frame and fuck with the color grading. It's a, embarrassingly bad. Is this a Warner Brothers Disney or uh, Discovery? I don't know. Do you know? Joint. I don't know. And that remaster was done like 10, 15 years ago. It was done a little, it was one of the first, re- I mean, it was so, it was, that remaster was done so long. And it, you're right, you're right. I mean, it's terrible. It's a terrible, terrible remaster, but it's very old. I mean, it was, it was, it was ruined like a, over 15, 20 years ago now. Yeah. Because we're old and things happened a long time ago. 
Old. That's us. Uh, oh, 20th, 20th Century Studios. Yeah. That's what I said. Okay. Yeah. So not Fox, but previously Fox-ish. Yeah. But no, they're, they're, they're decent shows, Buffy and the Angel. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. That's TV. Wow. What's the next topic, people? I gotta don't know. Got to snap it too. I got to go, 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 go. I'm so keep, drunk. Got to keep the listeners enthralled we and happy. We're doing just fine, just rambling about Buffy, and no, we're was, slowly going into other topics. It was the game You're trying to force a topic change. Just, you can't force a topic no, change. I, I, you I just was, have to wander. There into was it. a lot of downtime. There, it was depressing. Was it? it? it was and you'll edit it out. It was like, yeah, it's not going to happen. Every time whatsoever. Nigel talks about editing the podcast, I just laugh. <laughs> I laugh and I laugh. Right. My editing is chopping off a little bit at the beginning and a little bit at the end, and then slapping. Do you some... moil? Boil? What? what? Are you Never boil? Mind. Boil. No moil. The boils. No. Uh, and then and then uh, then I pop in a little music at the beginning and that then I upload it. Magic podcast and magic oh. is, that, is what it was. And isn't there a button that just makes all the quiet parts go away? Yeah, yeah, it fucks with it. Yeah, hey, but is you, there a button that makes all the bad you, parts go so, away? So the delete least, button, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just, yeah, just control A, delete. That's basically how it is. We should answer the question from our listeners. Oh, yeah, the issues with our podcast are rarely sound quality related, correct? Jesus, Andy, no, the internet's still there. It's checked. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to make sure it was still there. Sometimes it goes away, but You're not watching it. Speaking of the internet going away, last week, uh, was it Tuesday or Wednesday? One of the days last week that was a weekday because I was working, I remember. The internet in my town went down. Mm -hmm. The whole town had no internet. Like, I walked to the gas station and they were like cash only because they didn't have internet. I saw neighbors like going to each other's houses because not only was the internet down, but whatever had knocked down uh, Spectrum had also knocked down like the cell service. And so I had no cell phone with my personal phone, no cell phone with my work phone, and no internet in, like, the entire village was cut off like that. It was, like, something – it was, like, under the dome or something. People were panicking. How was your, how was your trip to the 80s? Yeah, <laughs> it was, it was <laughs> kind of fucking terrifying. <laughs> it's so weird that people now – like, our generation is really the last generation to know what that's like. On any level to be, yeah, to not have that, and it's crazy. And people lose it just for a few minutes, like the reactions you get now. And it's just like that was just life, yeah. That was just it's you know, and it actually is amazing. But the flip side, like like I don't have a house phone anymore, yeah. so it's not like I could even go. Oh, my cell phone's out. I can just I'll just call my wife and let her know, and she won't not like. I literally am just de disconnected from the world we don't have a phone but we have a phone line active here because i because i work for the phone company yeah, so we get a bundle it's for a, your internet yeah, yeah our bun it's cheaper for me to have an active phone line that i don't use and not to have the phone line yeah because of my employee discounts do you not have a phone at all you don't even have like a five dollar one we just could, in a closet somewhere in case one, of emergency it probably in, yeah. yeah probably worth having kind of like keeping you know flashlight in case of a power outage just one shitty phone corded phone just shoved in they, a closet because people don't realize those work in power outages yeah because yeah. they get electricity through the phone line basically yeah. yep no, uh, I would so, I would know who to call. I don't know anyone's number. Yeah, well, that that's the other issue of, of the of being old from the, this generation is uh, 
I don't remember it. I don't know anybody's phone number by heart. I actually, hold on. I know my mother's phone number by heart. Yeah. And that was because I had to move that phone number through one company to another one. Yeah. So I had, had to Yeah, I know like two numbers. I know yeah. Raylene's and only because like all of our like loyalty cards are under her phone number so I don't get spam like <laughs> sure. texts and stuff. So whenever I go to like the gas stations and stuff and have to type in the phone number. Yeah, it's always hers. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I I mean, like, if if I suddenly lost my phone, I was stuck out in the wilderness, and I had to call Brian. Uh, I I I die out in the wilderness. You'd call would, TDS. Uh, I couldn't call TDS. I do. Yeah, I couldn't. I guess I can call the web hosting line. Yeah, I still have just, that. Just memorized. yeah, you have to like a, yeah. Like, is four one one even still a thing? Yeah. Because that's the weird thing that confused me is like it's hard and I guess because it's cell numbers versus house phone numbers, but you used to be able to just get anybody's phone number, right? Between the white pages and 411, you just be like, what's Andy's phone number? And they'd tell you, right? Yeah, if you you Google it now. Yeah, yeah. well, and that's the thing. It feels like cell phones must just like default to unlist or whatever. Because if you just try to Google like what, if you try to just Google (laughs) my name and find out what my phone number is, it's not going to give you my cell number. But a home phone you know, it was just normal. You were just, yeah, you know, he lives in this town. What's his phone number? And they would just tell you. If you needed anything, you had to open a book. You need you opened up a book to find someone's phone number. You needed to get to a location. You opened up a book and found a map. Like you just like mapped your way through yeah. something. Oh, books. Man, having maps in the car and like yeah, yeah the little book. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I, I had all that stuff. And yeah, but the fact that you just like. It was just there. You literally, like, the white pages told you everyone's phone number. Mm-hmm. Well, you could pay for you to be on list of yes. Sure. But, gen- but, but yes, in general, by default. Yeah, by default, like, it was just there. But you relied on it. That would be, it was, yeah, it was, it was just, a, it was, it wasn't now, even. Now, if you want it, they have to back a Kickstarter. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, to pay back. for the other three Kickstarters. Yeah, because of the doctor. Yeah, it's yeah. interesting, the world where, I mean, it's bad. I mean, obviously, I'm not saying it's bad or anything, but it, it's just, it just, people won't have a concept of that. Or, yeah. Is that what needs to happen then? We need more failed Kickstarters and incompetent companies to dox everybody so we can actually know where yeah. everybody's phone number is and, and their address yeah. again? We it's need, the new white pages. We need Peterson someone, Games Discord. I mean, if someone launches a nuke into space and it blows up, it takes out all the satellites, so then we would be back anywhere. We, 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 we could go back to that pretty easily. Yeah. I'm surprised some crazy country hasn't just done that. Just like launched a fucking nuke into space and just set it off and taken Do, do Reagan's space lasers still work? I don't think they... You know, if they were... Do they slowly go into place like in uh, Spies Like Us? Well, I was going to say, like, I know they work because I saw that documentary, Spies Like Us. Yeah. <laughs> With, uh, I think that was Vanessa Angel's that first movie. What? Who? Vanessa Angel, who ended up playing in the TV version of Weird Science. She played... Um, uh, what, what's her name? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to remember the actress's real name as well. But anyway, uh, um, yeah, Vanessa Angel played she her in the yeah. TV series. And, and she, she was in Kingpin. Yeah, right, she, Pinyep, she, yep. she had a moment for a while, but yeah. yeah, she was she was the the Russian lady uh, that they like. You know, they make friends with all the Russians at the end. I and didn't that know was that her. she was in that movie. That's hilarious. I guess she was yeah, younger than yeah, very young. I don't know if she even has a line. You know, like her whole performance consists of coming out of a tent in her in her underwear. You know, because they're it's the end of the world, and so they do what people do at the end of the world. Yeah. Um. But yeah, cry of happiness. Yeah. 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 Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> Doctor. Oh God! It's a good yeah, movie. The movie, yeah, still stands yeah. up. Yeah, eighties movies are just different than today. Everything's just different. Yeah, I don't know that there was a lot of rape in Spies Like Us, which no. really kind of makes it stand apart from other eighties films. Because right. even Weird Science, I mean, is definitely yeah. uh, sexually inappropriate. Yeah. yeah, Spies Like Us. Yeah, it was rape light. Good job, eighties. Good job, Spies Like Us. <laughs> 
good. I mean, like you're, you, the 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 curve is so warped. Like the average is so affected by outliers like Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah, where the sheer when you're watching that movie, it's, it's you okay. keep coming to a new sex crime, and you're like, oh, that wasn't good, and then. You're, at least it's over, and then another sex crime happens, it's, it's and then okay. another sex she crime happens. He was, but there's her multiple boyfriend. sex crimes. There's throughout. multiple. There's there's the, <laughs> the rape in disguise. There's the cameras. There's the breaking. There's so much sexual assault in that movie. Yeah, I think it's worse than Porky's, and the entire plot of Porky's is about sex crimes. Yeah, we didn't get good messages back then. <laughs> Look who he turned out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I think I think we're we're probably a better example of. I've committed from barely any sex crimes. <laughs> barely, <laughs> I, I haven't. Said that camera. Oh wait, nope, nope. I haven't. I haven't. <laughs> wait, yeah, right, sorry, I sorry. Yep. Nope. No sex crimes here. <laughs> well, how long is statute limitations on sex crimes? <laughs> Unrelated question. Completely. Because certain things anyway, they can't anyway. talk to the victim. Yeah, yeah, but DNA. Oh, I've committed plenty of regular crimes. <laughs> I'm all about regular crimes. I really hate how the older I get, the more pro-crime I am. Well, yeah, it depends on the crime. What it is really is that you are more knowledgeable of... Like, Robin Hood's a goddamn folk hero. Everyone loves Robin Hood. And mm-hmm. he was a thief. Yeah. Thieving be crime. Yeah. But he thieved from the right people. Yep. Every crime is good if it has the right victim. <sighs> I can't agree with that. Except sex crimes. <laughs> but non-sex crimes. All yeah, right. like like it's okay to murder Hitler, but it's not okay to rape Hitler. <laughs> well, is this the kind of stuff you specifically told me not to talk about on Twitch, Andy? <laughs> it just occurred to me that before this podcast, we had a talk about things we shouldn't talk about on Twitch, and I am now talking about rape, <laughs> murder, and Hitler in a 10-second frame. <laughs> and which one's okay to do to Hitler? I guess, I guess we have to have people watching us in order to clip it. Yeah, see, that's fine. Well, but everyone agrees it's okay to kill Hitler. Even Hitler agreed it was okay to kill Hitler. But but even even Deadpool couldn't do it. I don't know what you're talking about, but I'm sure so that's there, a there is to there is kind. a there is a cutscene out of I think Deadpool two when he gets the the time machine. Oh, thing. is it a baby and Hitler? He goes back to to try to kill baby Hitler, and he's like, "Oh, I can't do it." And then uh, he's like, "Well, I know I know a certain cyborg psychopath that will probably come here and kill babies too." I mean. You know, like the the baby Hitler is a thought exercise people do all the time. You're allowed to kill him in his 20s. Like he didn't he didn't hyperage from baby (laughs) to Reichstag overnight. Like like, you could go to the art academy and look for an incompetent idiot and just kill that guy. No, no, I I would I would give him an A in his art class i would make because that that's honestly you know i don't know if that was the straw that necessarily ah, broke him might be yeah might be i mean just just give him uh you know give him some better encouragement in art rather than saying that you fucking suck go home and actually seen some of the pictures they don't look that bad i mean yeah he's no bob ross no indeed 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 zappity that was a. That, that, we have none of that. No zappities. No. No grumbles. No. What the fuck, people? 
get on the shit and zappity grumble us better. You pieces of people, shit. People nowadays have no fucking clue what that even means or where that originated from. Well, good. It, yeah, yeah. well, get on the thing. We'll figure it out, bitches. It's all supposed to be a lightning round. Yeah. Well, now you're seeing. You, 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 where's the gatekeeping? We're supposed to be a nerdy podcast. You're supposed to gatekeep people. Isn't that how it works? No, you're not supposed to gatekeep anybody oh. for anything. Oh, that's right. I don't understand. People are so proud of gatekeeping. You're so fucking dumb. Oh, if you want to join my hobby, you already have to be in it. What? <laughs> also, I've never understood the fake nerd girl accusation, right? You're you're just why why would any woman intentionally want to join your fucking gatekeeping <laughs> area if she wasn't legitimately interested in this hobby? It's not like you've made it appealing for other reasons. <laughs> Yeah, the, the delusion in people is a little depressing. Jesus. Yeah, yeah, that's. If I would gatekeep, it's because I know what's inspiring the gate. I'm like, you don't want to go over there, not for the yeah. reasons. I mean, I want you to enjoy yourself, but not with these people. These people are terrible human beings. Well, it's just is so it? fucking backwards. Like, if if someone like, and even taking like gender out of and stuff, whatnot. You know, you're sure. in your comic book store, and someone comes in, and they're like, hey. I want to know more about the Guardians of the Galaxy. And you say, oh, what do you know about them? I only know from the MC. I saw the movies and I thought they were neat. You should be like, awesome. Here are decades of, of storylines that you can learn from. Let's let's just do that. It shouldn't yeah. be like, oh, you only know them from the movies? Therefore, you haven't earned the right to know more? It's so fucking nonsensical. Yeah. Just, it makes zero sense. I think the only the only form of gatekeeping people should be doing is warning them about, like Brian said, about the other side. Like, what what can you expect? Yeah. Or are you like, here? are you actually on a farm where potentially you don't want people to come into your, you know, right? Is it literal? <laughs> yeah, are we talking about Chesterton's fence here? <laughs> I mean, like the real issue. The <laughs> I was it, laughing at your reference, Chesterton's fence. Yeah, it was it's one of my favorite thought exercises. I don't know about Chesterton's. It's about fence. second order thinking. Yeah, I'll go over it in a second here. But uh, what it really is with the gatekeeping is is it's it's cycle of abuse, right? It's it's mm-hmm. just cycle of abuse. You know, when we were growing up, and this has been true for a long time. Well, then maybe the internet the internet has helped change this because it allows people of all groups, for better or for worse, it is easy to find people who share your interests. And when that interest is, you know, quilting, awesome. When that interest is exterminating races, bad. But the internet allows all of those people to find each other. But prior to that. When you were the nerdy group or whatever, you were ostracized, you were on your own, you know, you didn't get to join the cool kids and stuff. And so now with nerddom becoming more mainstream, all of a sudden the the upper hand is on the other foot and these people can be like, well, you don't get to hang out with us just like I didn't get to hang out with the cool kids when I was a kid. And I get that. But just because your parents beat you doesn't mean you beat your kids. Like cycles of abuse need to stop. And that includes gatekeeping. Let people into your hobby, even if you were, because you were treated like shit as a kid, you should understand the pain and not want to inflict it. (laughs) Chesterton's Fence is a a second order thinking exercise, which basically says. So it's a Star Wars thing? It's a Star Wars thing. I don't know what about Chesterton or Fence. Oh, oh the first second order. Second the order. The, yeah. The, <laughs> <laughs> mm. <laughs> I'm usually ah. not quick like that. <laughs> yeah. When you come across something that's in effect, like a rule or a process or whatever, 
and it makes no sense to you. And you're like, this shouldn't be here. Mm -hmm. You, the first instinct is just to stop it and say, this thing's dumb, blah, gone, right? But Chesterton's fence says you're not allowed to get rid of something until you can explain why it is there. And if you okay. say there's no reason, that's wrong. There's a reason. because, And the reason it's called Chesterton's fence is you're walking down the road and all of a sudden across the road there's just a fence. Like, it doesn't go past on either side. It's just literally just blocking the road. There's a fence. There's no reason to, for a fence to be there is the first instinct, but someone put it there. And people don't just randomly sleepwalk in the middle of the night and throw fences up for no reason. There was a reason. And so you have to be able to explain the reason. And then once you know the reason, you can say, this reason is good, the fence stays, or this reason is bad, tear it down. But until you know the reason, you can't make that determination. So you're obligated to leave it until you can determine the reason just, and justify it we're just just understanding yeah, i mean that, that's really I mean, the, the main thing is just real world is a janitor like flipped a switch in that one in that one cleaning place because a thing was making a noise so he yeah. flipped the switch to turn the sound off and destroyed 25 years of research because that thing happened to be <laughs> like uh the system keeping the the yeah. everything going and yeah yeah ah, this button makes noise well i'll flip it yeah you Cost, need to know the why 25 years of research gone and he, i think he's being sued for a million dollars because the clean service company is being sued because their employee just did something they weren't supposed to do. I mean, really, they should sue whoever put that switch there. <laughs> that is not a switch that a cleaning person should just be able to flip. Yeah. There yeah. should be two switches and both of them are behind locks. Well, this, the switch should also maybe be taped up. The person who made it watched <laughs> Star Wars and that's how you make things. You just, everything is very a big self destruct button. Yeah. Sometimes you have to leave. I figure those those buttons make sense because if their base gets attacked, they need to, they need to leave fast. They need to blow up on the way out. Yeah. Zappity. It's the Sometimes you got to blow up the warehouse because somebody made a fucking phone call. Sometimes yeah. you need to blow up the warehouse because it's the only way to get the insurance money to pay for your other Kickstarter. <laughs> Along the lines of the switch, because I know Brian, you occasionally watch some of the British uh, panel shows that I watch way too much of, but uh, the. Uh, According to an episode of Would I Lie to You, and they said it was true, David Mitchell like lived in an apartment for years and years and years and years, and there was one switch on the wall that he never touched because he didn't know what he what it did, and he was scared of what would happen. So he moved in, and there was just a switch there, and he left it until he moved out like a decade later. <laughs> never even tested it. <laughs> That's like one of my favorite episodes ever of Married with Children. Yep. Yep. The, the the light switch that's on the wall, they can't figure out how it is. And the whole episode is them trying to figure out that light switch, which is, spoilers, it's just the light and Buck's uh, doghouse outside. Yeah. But uh, Al Rooney ends up getting caught in the walls <laughs> for a while. It's, oh, it's, it's great. I Good love stuff. that episode. Al gets electrocuted multiple times. Oh, the poor guy. <clears throat> poor guy. He gets pretty good thing. His second family is pretty good, though. His modern family, you know. <laughs> well, even even married with children, like at the time, it's like what a fucking loser. The guy has a home, a full time job, a beautiful wife who loves him. Like that guy was ahead of the curve when you think about it. <laughs> but he was supposed to be like a pathetic loser. Uh, he would the, the yes yes. Was he always would, be a pathetic loser. I always didn't. I didn't really envision him that. Way. I just saw him just unhappy all the time about everything. Well, yeah, because he's a sad sack. Yeah, because the highlight of his life was getting, uh, you know, four touchdowns at Polk High School mm -hmm. back in the day. Yeah. In one game. Yeah. Well, yeah, of course. I think it was only three touchdowns in one game. Is it, it was, three? It was five. Five. 
There's some number. He's no Bill Dotrieve. Well, he changes. The number gets changed. I think it's retold. Zappity. Grumble. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm on the Zappies. My brain is moving on the Zappy Grumble part of the, of the, of this, of the session. <laughs> so I'm Zappity Grumbling everything, even if we don't have an official one. Zappity. Because <laughs> then it cuts recommendations next, and I get to, after that I get to eat. Andy is excitedly Googling married with children statistics during the podcast. It's important <laughs> stuff. I'm making, I'm making searching the internet sounds. I'm searching the internet. <laughs> I haven't found out. Oh, amazing. So, sorry. Oh, I'm... I was just going to say, for, for Google, when I started in, I just said, how many touchdowns did? Yeah. And what was the, what was the first one? <laughs> I assume Al Bundy. Did Al Bundy <laughs> score? I mean, the phone hears us talking, so it knows. It's well. true. Four touchdowns. So, yep. So, you're right. Yeah. In a single game for Polk High, High School. Yeah. yeah. I know my Al Bundy references. Zappity. Grumble. Boom. Oh, we yeah. are like three weeks away from Twisted Metal. Coming out on Peacock. Yeah, they had that. So, um, yeah, yeah. I am way more excited for the the new season of Justified. Yeah, that's I mean, my, that's, yeah. That's my top tier excitement. Yeah, I mean, it's... I'm very excited. I sound very excited. I mean, Justified's good shit. Yeah. It's a fucking amazing show. But, uh... Peak, but, I mean, I'm, I'm, exci- I'm excited for Twisted Metal 2. Twisted Metal, they leaked the scene, or not leaked, because they did it on purpose, but they, they, they released preemptively the scene with them singing the thong song and everything, and people were, like, losing their minds about how dumb it is. And it's like... If you think Twisted Metal wasn't always dumb as fuck, you didn't play any entries except for Black. Like, it has always been stupid and schlocky and over the top. I mean, you know, things like Axel and Grasshopper and the two guys who wish to be able to fly and they're driving up. Like, it's always been dumb and schlocky. That's that's the point. Like, it's not edgy and straight-faced. That's the twisted part of it. Yeah, it, it, it was goofy fun, and so it should be nonsensical now the one complaint i do have about that scene that somebody should get fired for is that the character's name is not sweet tooth his name is needles cane his vehicle is named sweet tooth that's horseshit i think as they went along in the series no eventually eventually (laughs) there's different needles cane different drivers in each in each one yeah and the vehicle is sweet tooth the the driver is not sweet tooth but he has. A, they said he he has a sweet tooth. They weren't calling. They were just referring to his candy. Preference. The IMDb listing for the character is sweet tooth. Well, IMDb doesn't know what's going on. Well, Damn well better. I'm just saying, the kid, the car is sweet tooth. That'd be like if you did the live action it, speed racer and everybody just called the character Mach Five. That's the name of his car. <laughs> was it in uh, Twisted Metal Black where Sweet Tooth would actually turn into a robot? No, that was in uh, the just twisted metal. The the like uh, the generation after that. Oh, um, the, the 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 PS3 one. Yeah, yeah, where the okay. where the the vehicle could transform into a bipedal form. And that, but that's also the one where they did weird stuff. Where in that one they only had three had the characters basically because it was factions instead of individual characters. Yeah. So like. I don't know if Needles Kane was even in that one because there was just a gang of clowns. Is that the, is that, is that, the, is that the car that Sweet Tooth drives? 
Yes. All right. Yeah. Then he drives a needle's cane. He drives a needle's cane. Yeah. No, he drives the doll face. No, that's dark side. Yeah. I love the uh, doll size uh, grudge, drudge, dead, dead by daylight. That's yeah. A, yeah. No, that's a cool. Dredge has a lot of great cosmetics. Yeah. I, uh, I, uh, the snowman, the horsey, the dolls. The I've been, stuff. yeah, I, I rotate between them all. I've been playing him a lot the last couple of days. Just fun. True story. I, I took had a very of, long Dead by Daylight talk last week. We could do, we could actually ha- just start a Dead by Daylight podcast. God, that'd be terrible. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? Oh, that was, that was disrespectful. I cannot so. think of something that is le- less worthy of. <laughs> killers suck. No, survivors suck. Killers suck. Survivors suck. Killers suck. Survivors we suck. all hate the game and we all play the game. That's not just. When I say we all, I don't mean the three of us. I mean every Dead by Daylight player on the planet hates that fucking game. Either the and game still plays is it. going well or it's going terrible. There's very, very rarely a. <laughs> fun middle ground either you're stopping the opponent size or they're stopping you and it's miserable and yet we play it yeah it's my default i don't know what to do with my life so i'm wasting it doing that it's it nothing says i'm spiraling out of control like playing dbd so it's very thematic to my current mood as i said last time it's so fair recommendations recommendations Woo! i have a recommendation yeah i know you've been excited for this section of the podcast the whole time yeah i know it's it's bump it up to you boom set it ready to spike spike that's why you spike it like that yeah you just like i watched the show silo on apple tv apple plus it the first season is now done it's based on a three book series that i learned just after i watched to finish the first season it's a very good show. It's kind of a post-up. The gimmick is people live in a silo underground. Something terrible happened hundreds upon hundreds of years ago. Uh, they don't know why. They're, basically, 150 years ago, there was a riot, and the data that what whatever whatever the reasons why they're down there was destroyed. So the last few generations are just existing, and they're just like 10,000 people in a silo, uh, they can like there's cameras outside. They can see the waste. They can see you can see like the wasteland, and every so often like a punishment is just you know if someone says I want to go outside, basically it's like a suicide. They get this punishment. They go outside, and like the windows get they they they, they call it cleaning. They go out and they like clean the the view thing. Uh, but it's just like with a mystery of what's going on under there. It's got a lot of good actors. The story's pretty interesting. And after I watched the first season and I realized it was a completed book series, I immediately downloaded the trilogy on my Kindle and I've been reading through it. Uh, and the first book is pretty true to the story. I mean, this, it seems like the series is pretty true. I can, I can already see some things were rearranged a little bit, but the themes and everything are still matching up pretty much like for like it's a pretty fascinating kind of mystery post-apocalyptic vibe kind of thing going. The show has got a lot of great actors, in the, which always helps. Uh, but it was written well, and it was just very well. And I was very, I was very excited, and I, w- I was glad that the first season ended kind of cool because you know sometimes you get this mystery stuff, and obviously it's only the. But I mean, I but then I, once I realized it was based off a book series, it made sense. And I guess those books they uh, was back from like 2010. They they were like self published. The, the guy didn't even have a he just like published self published like through Kindle or whatever. Oh, and crazy! Turned out to be mega success. Evidently, they're really popular. I was. A lot of people do that self-publishing, but it's normally like romance novels and stuff are really big into that just because like, and I might even say that like dismissively, it's just like, uh, it's a, it's a big market for those self-published romance novels. I'm just thinking of the, 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 the one self-published artist has got all of his books on Amazon. 
Oh, so oh yeah, Chuck Tingle. Chuck Tingle. Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. Chuck Tingle's <laughs> glorious and fuck yeah. But yeah, that, no, that's why I snorted. Yeah. <laughs> so. And it's cool because also in the in the silo, like they don't know a lot about the history. Like like at night, there's lights in the sky, but they don't know what they are, things like that. And there's obviously layers of mysteries. It's people that who controls yeah. the silo and all that kind of is going on. And I remember somebody mentioning the book series to me years ago. I haven't watched the show sure. or read, so I know. But they they had mentioned the book, and one of the things they talked about was like as you mentioned, sometimes as a punishment, people would be sent outside, and like there's only so much visibility. So like the fact that people never come back doesn't necessarily mean that there's nothing out there. Sure. Right. For all they know, people go five miles over a hill and there's civilization. Well, right? even in the show, the thing is, well, sometimes people, you, you have limited visibility, but sometimes people will die out there in sight because, but sometimes they don't, correct. right. Sometimes people just go away. Yeah. Like you don't know a hundred percent of the time. Yeah. Like they don't know if they're literally the last people or if there's another silo, just over the ridge or, or right. I don't know if that's true or not. I think everyone that goes out on the show dies. Like it's a death. Well, I bet it's who knows. Maybe, maybe I don't know, but that, that, but yeah, someone could have made it to the ridge because it's a, you got to climb a ridge, but usually the chem, usually the atmosphere eats through the suit because they, they put you in a suit. Whether or not somebody makes it over the ridge, the point is there's a ridge that lets the, like they don't know what's beyond the ridge. So again, their visibility is a deep cut. But it's a pretty good scape of just like a dead, yeah. you know, what do you expect from post-apocalyptic yep, you know, yep. nonsense? Not, you know, fairly depressing. But yeah, it's good. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I was very happy. And I haven't actually been motivated to read in a while. So I was, but I was like, that was an easy trilogy to download. So yeah, that's me. That's my recommendation. Bazinga. I don't have a recommendation, but uh, well, maybe it is. Don't watch Shadow and Bone. Such a... <laughs> It's sad because I did kind of enjoy season one. Season one was pretty cool. So Shadow of Bone, uh, it, it feels like the entire show, we, and this is the only reason why we continue to watch it, because it feels like it was written by uh, just standard like Final Fantasy writers. You know, uh, where suddenly the, one of the characters you've been with the entire time, oh no, he's a prince. <laughs> oh, sure. And now he's going to be king, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's it's... You could like watch it. You could fill out all the tropes. Like this guy. Oh, that guy is Sid. He's got the airship. This guy is the the bad guy. And like all Final Fantasy games, the like the main character. You don't care about the main character. The char- main characters are boring. They're just they're just there. But all the side characters you love. And that's the thing with Shadow and Bone is that there is what what Jim and I when we watched it would call the B team and the B team were fucking amazing. Watching everything with them was awesome except when they started interacting I could, with uh, the main buy characters. The, based on a trilogy I could get you the books. They're in sale right now. I'm not. Andy doesn't read. I don't know how to read. That's fair. Um, but I mean if anything if you're going to watch a show watch it for the B team and the B team is is legitimately awesome. The overall story arc with the main character and the villain whatever. It's it's not not that interesting. Um, yeah. Also, the main character makes horrible horrible decisions. Like she she can uh, she can create a, a wait. The main character is a, a lady. What's this woke bullshit? <laughs> it, it, I didn't care about that. But she, the fact that everybody around her were, was dying, and then when, only when it came to her friends, then she would activate her her big force bubble. To, to protect her friends. And I bet in the book it's not that obnoxious. Yeah. I'm, 
there's probably more reasons for it here, but there's there's a part where that like there's tons and tons of people just dying left and right, and she could have just went boop and saved them all. It's kind of like the Superman complex, you know. If you have somebody who can be everywhere at, all at once, uh, you know why is why are people dying? Why is there issues? Yeah, Flash is even worse than Superman. That in the you know in the comics, his power level got to the point where like. He could literally be everywhere on the planet simultaneously because he's faster than any, like the existence of time, right? So yeah. why is he finding every kidnapped child, stopping every, you know, assault, uh, every pictosecond? He could solve all crime and all world hunger and end all wars. Flash existing, there should be no suffering anywhere. Well, yeah, but they, they're, 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 and their logic is always kind of making the character that can do it all kind of dumber, so he's not smart <laughs> enough to figure that out. The right. bees! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ah, robo bees, I'm dead! <laughs> yeah, that's just what they, that's what they do with the Flash, is he's just, he's just kind of dumb. And the, the, but those shows are awesome, though. I, I like I liked the Flash TV series because it was just campy. It was. Campy it had its, had its, had its, it knew what it was. It was just. There's some really great early season villains in that show. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's, but yeah, that's the problem with like the, but exact comedy, all those, if they're too powerful, they usually are just kind of dumb. Yeah. Your villain has to be stronger than your hero. Otherwise, that doesn't work. I guess the recommendation I'll make is, uh, is go see The Flash. It's, it, as, as, but I, I don't know if people have really panned it that well. They call it not that great because it's it's not meeting the numbers that Black Adam met. And Black Adam was... Oh, good Lord. I, I haven't seen Black Adam, um, but I know I trust my friend's judgment that have seen Black Adam, and I don't believe The Flash is even near that. Uh, the Flash still is a little... little not not as great, but overall, I thought it was a great, fun popcorn film. Um, as much as, you know, when your lead actor goes on to a crime spree and is a, is a horrible person, um, he is actually still kind of Tom Cruise-y enough enjoyable to watch, that is. So, like, he does act well uh, and is enjoyable in that way, but unfortunately, you know, he's... I had multiple moments where I laughed out loud because the, the and it was, and it was they were trying to be funny and it, it went very well. I, I laughed not at everything that they were trying to be funny on, but there was a few moments where I got a good, honest to God, just hilarious laugh out of me because it was just some funny, absurd things going on time yeah. to time in that movie. The inclusion of of the Michael Keaton Batman was was pretty pretty explained well. It wasn't like a kind of like. The, the standard multiverse type thing. Um, but uh, that was cool. Uh, the the uh, Supergirl, uh, she was fucking awesome. Like, I, I would I would wholly watch a movie with her. I think DC's multiverse, their their explanation for it is more interesting and well. Because, I, I mean, The Flash was always a multiverse thing. Mm-hmm. So I think the logic behind of how their multiverse, multiverse works is just a little bit stronger than the Marvel multiverse logic. Not that it matters. I mean, Marvel's logic is just they're there, yeah. right? Like they haven't caught. Like there's no explanation at all. Yeah. No. No. It's the just, closest you get is that explanation of how individual people manage to go to them, which I think to date is just like Kang has a boat that can do it, and then magic sometimes oopses. Well, there's also there's also uh, 
um, America Chavez. Sure. The, the yep. Gal, yep. Gal you have one person. You have one person who's able to do it intentionally. One person who fucked up and accidentally made a bunch of Spidermans come through. Spoilers. And then one guy with a magic boat. Magic boat. Yeah. No, I guess the TVA can just do it at will. Never yeah. mind. I yeah. forgot about the TVA. They got their little thingies. Are they? Are, I can't remember. Do they still exist after yeah. Loki ended? Yeah. I can't. Yeah, because yeah, because Loki goes there and he's like, "Oh no, terrible things!" And they're like, "Who are you?" Yeah, oh. and they have the big statue of King Kane. Hmm. I am looking for. I did like that Loki show. I am look, look. I mean, I looked that. I mean, it's the fact that the actor is amazing, and oh, him and Owen Wilson were just fucking yeah, amazing. Yeah, no, Loki show was was it was all right. It's while the shows that are built around more interesting characters and they think about it, the better are, are actually more enjoyable. Who knew? Who knew if you actually put some effort into your show, it made it better? Yeah, actually wrote villains that, uh, that actually, you know, mattered. <laughs> yeah. Which show are we bad-mouthing here? It's uh, pretty much the majority of the Marvel shows. Yeah. I mean, like, Wanda was actually pretty well thought out, uh, or WandaVision was, yeah. was thought out. I think it could have um, been one or two episodes shorter and had a less shooting lasers at each other ending. I think there could have been, they did a good job with the two visions actually just having a conversation about the mm-hmm. philosophical nature of them. But like, I think even if you're going to have Wanda and Agatha shoot lasers at each other, like there's more there discussing grief and loss. And like, you know, you can even have the cliche we're more alike than you think. And it would make sense with this villain versus half the time that villains make that cliche speech, you know? God, and I kind of wish they did a little more time to have that emotional, um, not kind of, I des- definitely wish they had took more time to have that emotional weight to the final showdown with Juan and, a- and Agatha. There's an amazing line and I cannot think of it. It's the one vision mentions. Basically it's about love and grief. Mm-hmm. That's probably like, I-, I wish I had it readily available, but it's, it's a really powerful line from that show. I think we're talking. I can't think of the exact wording from it, but I can't. I couldn't tell you like, the exact. What is what is love, but not, or what is grief, but uh, something. It's like it's, love it's living on. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, it's, you know, I mean, that wonderful line from the cinematic triumph, the Hobbit, Battle of the Five Armies, with you know, why does it hurt so much? Because it was real. The shoehorned in love interest oh, between characters that aren't in the story. Yeah. Those movies were really bad. <laughs> Well, what you're talking about is why does it hurt so much? Just made me think of uh, Rocket's first line, and that that's a that's a fucking yeah, powerful yeah, yeah. line as well. <laughs> but yeah, The Flash not not so bad of a film. Uh, it actually is one of the few DC movies that I enjoyed. I'd, I'd rank it up there with with the with the other ones I enjoyed, like uh, the original Shazam. Though I haven't seen Shazam two, and I thought heard that that one is i've heard it's pretty good pretty it just kind of got boned a lot by like just being shit out in the theaters without much marketing it got and it got shit on the theaters without much marketing immediately after announcing that they had a new head of their studio and we're gonna erase everything like yeah i mean like like wonder woman beside the the three-fourths of the wonder woman movie it was very good um i i liked aquaman a lot. I, like, I, I like more than three fourths of the first Wonder Woman movie. I'm just kidding. Uh, as an X in that, like the, the the last act of the film she, was was really kind of uh, marveled. Yeah, well, yeah. As as with the like what you're saying with uh, WandaVision, you know, it'd be very mm-hmm. hypocritical of me not to agree with you there. Yes, they they definitely could have uh, had a different last but act. Overall, that movie was fucking awesome. 
Yeah. Is it persevering or... Per- no, it is persevering, not persisting. Different P word. Yeah. What is grief if not love persevering? Yeah. It's such a fucking good line. It's The whole, the whole conversation in the show, is that, yeah. that whole scene is really good. Um, but yeah, like Aquaman, I thought it was fine. You know, I, I like yeah. I like the fact that we actually had a, like a Black Manta that was <laughs> the big dumb <laughs> helmet, helmeted Black Manta. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm sure Aquaman two is going to be fine as well. But yeah, the, but the majority of I would say of the DCEU specifically was just the whole Snyderverse is just. Um, I'm sure some people liked it, but man, I, I like my I like more bright superheroes that represented more of what I expected out of a DC comic, and that not not dark brooding Superman who doesn't listen to his father and and, and yeah, it just yeah. I watched a video recently. Uh, it was by so a guy who has two channels. The the uh, Scaredy Cats, which is his horror movie review conversation thing, and then Thought Slime, which is, you know, leftist political one, whatever, but also sometimes goes on nerdy rants. And he was talking about with, with it was a plea to James Gunn saying, give Superman, in whatever new movies you do moving forward, the stupid outside of his pants underwear. Mm-hmm. They look dumb, they look dorky, and that's the point. Like, Superman needs to be like dorky and dumb but like as a sign of just like he doesn't care like it's about goodness it's about action and like you know it's not about being edgy and he goes into it better than i do uh so so don't take my terrible explanation as as uh anything other than me just being bad at talking but it's it's part of the point like superman isn't like he's a dork like and that's fine it's okay he can just be pure good like he just doesn't need to have i mean he doesn't need to it, it was so nice to me that I remembered, like, Superman 2. He's fighting Zod in the middle of town, and he's just noticing that people are getting hurt or, you know, there's there's things that happen where collateral damage could happen. And then he just takes the fight someplace else. Yeah. You know, it it doesn't, yeah, we don't need to set up your universe on on that process. Yeah, you and, and it's, it's totally fine for other characters, right? Like, it's totally fine to have your edgy superheroes, to have your Punishers and, and, and your Wolverines and stuff like that. But Superman's supposed to, he's supposed to be a Boy Scout. He's mm-hmm. supposed to be getting kittens out of trees. And that's just what he's all about. Yeah. Yeah. Batman and I'm not a huge him, Superman guy, but I understand that that's the appeal of the character. And yep. you can't change that. But yeah, Flash, uh, good. And I don't remember the timing or if you guys talked about last time, but but did we talk? Did we talk about Spider Verse? Uh, I don't think we talked about Spider Verse last we time specifically. So I'll mention Spider Verse because yeah. I like that and talking about uh, hero strength and and whatnot. Uh, with, and and I mentioned Stan Lee's thing about how your your villain always needs to be stronger than the hero because that's where drama comes from. So Spider-Verse is really good, obviously, as the first one was, and I highly recommend seeing it, and I guess multiple times because the, it's different, which is an interesting choice to make, um, where there's different lines and scenes and stuff. But they did a really interesting thing that I I can't really call seeing before, or if so, not to this extent in this focus, which is within the superhero stories, you always have the trope where you have the character, they come into their powers through some sort of accident or whatever happens, 
They try them out. They're incompetent at it. They fail. They have to learn and grow, and and eventually they become stronger and they're able to overcome their nemesis because they've grown to 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 become what they can be and what they didn't realize they could be with their powers. And Spider Verse, the the across the Spider Verse, does something interesting in that that's not what the hero's journey is. That's what the villain's journey is. And it was just neat to see the villain be not a threat and and mm-hmm. and be clearly weaker and outmatched and outclassed because they don't know what they're doing to to have that same arc that we've seen every first every superhero movie the first movie with that superhero that's what they do they go through that same arc and to say fuck it we'll do with the villain instead was fascinating yeah yeah, because Spot is uh, pathetic at first. Just he's, absolutely a fucking loser because he doesn't know what he's doing. And he gets pretty badass by the end. Yeah. I also always enjoy when 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 people reach deeper into the comic book to get new characters. I mean, obviously, that's what Guardians of the Galaxy was so great. Before the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie came out, and it's no coincidence that it's also James Gunn, Nobody gave a flying fuck about the Guardians of the Galaxies. Even the the 1% of people who knew what the Guardians of the Galaxy was, nobody cared about the Guardians of the Galaxy. They weren't like, there weren't huge fan clubs for these particular characters. And then after that movie dropped, people were like, holy shit, a talking tree and a raccoon with a gun are amazing characters, right? Mm-hmm. And... That's always more interesting to me than just like, well, you know, we got the Joker, we got the Bizarro, like, yeah, 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 we've seen the Joker. Can we see something else, you know? I loved that Batman Begins went to Raja Ghoul and Scarecrow. Great villains! Not the fucking Joker, not Two-Face. Yeah, they brought in Joker and Two-Face for the second one, but for that first one, they went, here's something a little more obscure that we can work with. And to go with something like Spot. Nobody gives a fuck about Spot. (laughs) He's a joke villain, but he doesn't have to be. And that's what makes it interesting. Yeah. Well, like, yeah, yeah. Polka Dot Man. Again, Jesus Christ, James Gunn is good at this. Fucking Polka Dot Man. Yes. I agree. You know, he James Gunn is yeah. That's one of his uh, very talented at. He's just he's ridiculous. It's absurd. I'm hoping that that uh, when when the new Superman comes out, that whatever people have a feeling over the Snyderverse stuff and some of the little bit of stuff after that, before he took over, as in James Gunn took over, I'm hoping people give him a high chance. I'm worried that. Um, people will be sick and tired of of Superman films by then, to you know, to not show up in droves to watch it. I'm hoping that it's it, the the story is good. It gives us something different other than Lex Luthor and, and a reality scheme. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> though though I would love it if it was more about Lex Luthor. I'm the minority in there. Uh, in a in a realty scheme, <laughs> Lex Luthor and Zod, Lex Luthor and Zod. Yeah, give us a fucking Brainiac, Jesus Christ! And I want a fucking Spider Pitalik. I don't care, like whatever. I want a, fu- a, a spider. I want Superman to find a spider in the third act. Disappity. <laughs> Grubble. Yeah, those are some good recommendations we've given to people. Go watch some entertainment. 
You got the movies and the TV shows to watch. Get on it. Speaking of James Gunn, go watch some trauma movies. When's the uh, last time you watched Toxic Avenger? Uh, When's the last time you watched Slither? Relatively recently, actually. <laughs> trauma movies are across the line. Speaking of sexual uh, crimes, some movies are a little <laughs> bit... Uh, so Yeah, so you're right. Some of them, yeah. <laughs> he actually got... He got canceled and uncanceled because of the trauma stuff. Yep. He, he was too cool to be canceled. And people were like, that was a long time ago, and, you know, he's actually a poly- Yeah, although people, some people are claiming that that was an intentional canceling and uncanceling to, like, get around, like, being, like, like, I don't know, like, Disney and acquiring of Fox and things like that. Like, the timing on the canceling and uncanceling actually helped with, like, contracts and distracting from other things. Yeah, but I, I, that's... I'm not saying I believe it, but I remember people talking about that shit. People are crazy. Turn there, the there's, yeah, there's a lot of... Because he was canceled, like, the month before some merger, and then he was uncanceled, like, a week after. And it's like, well, that was, cl- that was decent timing. <laughs> I think it was much longer than that, because they had time enough for everybody else to... They say, I'm done with Marvel if uh, unless you bring back James Gunn. Yeah. They're like, I know Batista or uh, Dave Batista. It it's all part of the scam, Andy. All part of the scam. Not everything is connected. <laughs> God damn it. Layers within layers. Yeah, <laughs> it's when layers of the, the... Yeah, exactly. It's all not, about flat earth. Not everything is connected. God damn it. I mean, according to Yoda, it is. Sometimes you put a, put a fence in the middle of the road. Yeah, but why? <laughs> why, Andy? You didn't see what the fence was for. Oh, well, then it stays up, I guess. Burn it all to the maybe, ground. Maybe it was to keep the janitor away from the light switch. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very hungry. Just think of all, how much money they could have in the, that they lost in that research that they could have supplied into their new Kickstarter. Yeah. I guess it depends on whether this was good or bad depends on what the research was on. I forget. Like, they, it was more efficient puppy shredding. We I, probably were, I think good they were to curing lose that. some kind of cancer. Yeah. Boring. Boring. I forget what it was about. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just making shit up. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm tired. At least, at least that was done on an accident. That was that was probably something so that was complete, say. completely unintentional. Unlike it's the the connected. guy, the guy who specifically threw away like a whole bunch of vaccinations from uh, COVID. Sure. Up up in in Wisconsin, I believe it happened here. Yeah, people are dumb. People are dumb. All right, thanks, folks, for watching and listening. Uh, check us out. We'll probably be back in two weeks or so, um, maybe maybe, maybe a week longer, but uh, we're, it seems to be working out that we're actually trying to stay on schedule. Thanks to everyone in chat. Sorry if we didn't get to every message. We try to keep up, um, but, you know, we'll see yeah. people here next time. Yep. Thanks for listening and watching.